Welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. Once a month, we check in with State Senator Doris Turner to get the lay of the land. What's happening in the state house? Not not a lot these days, but there's there's stuff coming up. And so Senator Turner is here with us to bring us up to speed. Senator, always a pleasure. Welcome back to the program. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I'm really excited to be here in October because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, I don't know if you've been seeing my social media posts, but every day throughout the month, I am doing something to remind uh, women to get their mammograms because early detection is the key. You know, I, I have noticed that, and uh, I, I noticed that uh, you have been you know, very uh, uh, outspoken on this during this Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Is this something that, that's touched you or your family directly here? What's, uh, what's uh, prompted your uh, acute interest in this? You know, um, I retired from the Illinois Department of Public Health, and so I, public health is really a passion of mine. But this month, you know, I'm really, you know, thinking a lot about um, one of my colleagues in the Senate, Senator Elman, was diagnosed with breast cancer during my short time in, 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 uh, during, in the Senate. And my mother um, succumbed to breast cancer. Oh so it really is something that's really close to me. And, you know, the way that we can, um, breast cancer is very treatable if, you know, you have noticed it in time. And so I just want everyone to make sure that they take care of themselves. I think as women, we are so busy taking care of everybody else else in our lives, our husbands, our kids, our jobs. So we need to make sure that we focus on ourselves because if we're not healthy, we can't do anything about taking care of all those other loved ones. Early detection is the key, so get those mammograms. It's not fun getting everything squished, but it is certainly better than the alternative. Senator, thank you for for that. Uh, I want to jump into uh, what looks like the next big thing on the legislative agenda, and that's dealing with congressional district maps. The first uh, hearings on this get underway later this week in Chicago. There's a hearing next week in Springfield. Uh, But what there isn't yet that I've seen or that anybody's seen that I know of is an actual draft map of these congressional districts. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What's uh, what's being talked about as to how these districts will be laid out? You know, um, I, I have very limited information. I do know that we will be taking this up during veto session, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, uh, October 19th through the 21st, and then the next week, the 26th through the 28th. So I know that we will be taking up um, those congressional maps. Um, as you know, Illinois is set to lose a seat, which is very distressing to me. Um, but we are, you know, taking the same approach that we took when we did the legislative maps. We are having the hearings around the state, and the uh, portal is once again open so that people can go in and make their comments and uh, submit draft maps if they would like to. This um, going through this process is a little bit different than the legislative maps, though, because we do have the actual census data, and there is um, a little bit more preciseness that goes into shaping these maps than 
Uh, the legislative map. You know, you're, you're correct. There is a portal. People can submit their own uh, draft maps of how they think the districts ought to play out. But is there any indication anybody's looking at those maps or doing anything with it? We've never gotten that answer as it pertains to the legislative district maps. Uh, is this all just for show? Uh, is the public input really a factor at all in how these maps are ultimately laid out? No, it, it is definitely not for show. Um, staff does go in and look at them, and uh, really uh, takes a lot of that into consideration when they're going when they're going through through the process. And I, you know, and I really get pretty perturbed when I hear, um, you know, especially my Republican colleagues talk about how closed this process is and that no one is paying any attention to the portal. Nothing could be farther from the truth. And, uh, and I really encourage anyone who's listening to take advantage of it. Uh, I know that there are people like myself that may not be able to sit down and put together a map uh, of a legislative district or the state, but you have ideas, and, you, and there's certainly an opportunity to um, get those ideas in that portal and get them in front of, in front of people. Um, so I will tell you that it's still a work in progress. I have not seen a map. No one has indicated to me that a map is available. So um, there's still an opportunity for people to participate in the hearings and to submit their suggestions through that portal. Well, you want to hear people's ideas. I want to hear your ideas on this, because obviously locally the big question is what happens with Rodney Davis? Does he stay in a in the district that he's in roughly? Uh, do you get him drawn into a primary against Darren LaHood or against Mary Miller down south? So what would your preference be? Would you uh, leave uh, Rodney Davis alone and maybe give Nikki Bozinski a clear shot at him? Or would you uh, put him into a primary that might actually make him drop out of the congressional race and challenge J.B. Pritzker next year? You know, I'm I'm taking off my Senate hat right now, and I'm putting on my Doris Turner strong Democrat hat. And boy, Rodney Davis has been giving me fits for a, for a while now in that, 13, in that 13th congressional district. So um, it would be really nice to see a district that uh, maybe leaned a little bit more uh, more democratic. I think that um, you know what we have seen here lately in uh, in Washington has been a lot of a lot of gridlock, uh, and I really believe a lot of issues that the American people want to see move forward and want to see addressed are not being addressed simply because of partisan um, you know politics and. Um, I think that uh, Rodney Davis is always one of those people that when you see him and talk to him, he seems uh, very in tune with the district. Um, And he's going to go back and and he's going to take all these things that people have said to him back with him. But when he gets back to Washington, um, that doesn't happen. And I I really believe that that Rodney Davis is, um, you know, out of touch and does not vote according to his his the majority of his district. His district so. went Trump, though. I mean, uh, so is but he I, really not in line with his district? I think that what we saw, um, what we saw in this last election was really different across across the country. But I think that if you talk if you talk to people in this district, 
they do want to see a more progressive step. I, I truly believe that. And um, and and again, I think that Rodney is um, he's a nice person, and he and he and I get along well. Um, but um, he he says one thing when he's in Springfield, and um, you know does opposite things when he's in Washington. Sounds like, though, if, uh, if you really think that uh, people in that district want to see more progressive government, uh, y- you could just leave him alone and Nikki Bazinski should, or whoever winds up being the Democratic nominee, uh, should be able to handle him next year. Uh, d- does it make you nervous, the thought of Rodney Davis saying, you know what, forget it, I'll just run for governor instead? Would he be a formidable opponent for J.B. Pritzker? No, that doesn't make me nervous at all. I think that... Um, I think that Governor Prisker has done a fantastic job in leading our state. He uh, came into office and was presented with some situations that were unprecedented. And I think that he has handled them extremely well and has moved us, um, you know, through it. And uh, I think that we are moving in the right direction. And I think that most people believe that and uh, most people are supportive. So um, I'm looking forward to another um you know another jb Prisker term one of the and, things uh, oh good no and i and um you know i'm looking forward to continuing to be in the senate to be a part of that one of the things that uh, it become it's becoming increasingly evident Republicans are going to try to make an issue next year is the issue of crime. Uh, we're hearing a lot of this from uh, from state lawmakers. Uh, the billionaire Ken Griffin had some remarks in Chicago yesterday where he uh, called out Governor J.B. Pritzker for not being tough enough on crime. He actually got one key point wrong in talking about how saying he said the governor wouldn't call out the National Guard in Chicago when in fact the governor did at the mayor's request there. Uh, but this is clearly going to be a, a big issue here and it's an issue obviously in Springfield as well so what more does the state need to do the governor and the legislature to address the issue of crime on the streets of our cities Springfield and Chicago you know I think that there are some things that the state legislature has been doing and that the governor has been doing but um, I'll talk to you a little bit about what I have been doing in the 48th so I have been uh, I met with the um, um, Springfield Police Chief, who I have a very good working relationship with, I met with him and his command staff and talked about uh, some of the issues that we do have in Springfield and then and what we can do as uh, state legislators to address some of those things and, and how we can move forward. I've also met with um, Decatur Police Chief and his command staff and went through the same exercise and actually are looking forward to having a joint meeting with those two law enforcement entities to work about, to, um, you know, talk about some things that we can do uh, throughout both of these communities and um, see how, how we can move forward. I've also had the opportunity to do um, some meetings across the district with, uh, you know, community-based organizations and educational organizations and, um, you know, actually had a meeting this morning in Decatur where the uh, uh, Decatur Police Department, the um, uh, Sheriff Root, and um, a few others were there. So I am taking this, this situation and this issue very, very seriously. I see what it's doing to our communities. I see what it's doing to our young people. 
and uh, and we all need to come together and work very diligently to see how we can close those gaps. And I believe that it has to be a partnership with uh, law enforcement, the community, and elected officials. And as you can see, I've been working throughout the district to bring all of those entities together. And I will continue to do that that hard work um, because it is hard work, but uh, necessary work. So I think that it has to be a partnership with those three entities. And it doesn't do us any good to, um, you know, cast aspersions and lay blame. I think we just got to roll up our sleeves and get and get to the work. You know, we passed the um, Safety Act and then came back and, you know, made a couple of tweaks to it. And I think that once uh, a lot of what's in there is implemented, that will also uh, that will also help. And, you know, when you talk about misinformation, just think about all the misinformation that swirled around with regard to the Safety Act. And once, you know, we get into it, uh, I am hearing from law enforcement, you know, it's it's not as bad as what people were, um, you know, leading us all to believe. So, again, I think it's that part, that three-pronged partnership that we have to, um, you know, work together. Senator, before we let you go, I know you've also been using your social media to encourage uh, local businesses to sign up for the Back to Business Grants pandemic relief money there. What kind of response mm-hmm. have we seen so far locally, and what do local businesses need to know about this? You know, I think that we have seen uh, a tremendous response, and uh, I would still encourage people to, um, you know, make sure that they do everything that they can to sign up for these back to business grants. If they if they have not gotten the information, they can go to my social media pages, or you can they can go to the um, DCEO website and get more information. One of the other things that um, Governor Pritzker has done that I think is really, really good is that he has employed community navigators who uh, work in the community to make sure that people not only get this information and businesses not only have all the information, but they also assist businesses with completing, um, you know, applications and completing forms. And I actually uh, sponsored uh, a couple of, of meetings in Decatur and in Springfield to uh, link businesses with those community navigators. So there's money there. We want to do everything that we can so that business come on the other side of this pandemic stronger and more resilient. And these back-to-business grants are one way to ensure that that happens. So go to the DCO website. We don't want to leave any of this money on the table. We want it into the hands of our local businesses. State Senator Doris Turner, we appreciate your time this afternoon. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Thank you.